one. Welcome back for another edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Turkin, alongside my partner, Joe Serrera. Joe, uh, interesting week here in the uh, Guilford County area. Grimsley, the number one team in our poll, is off and over in Rockingham County. Uh, Reedsville playing a winless Graham team that uh, uh, I, I almost feel bad that I'm coming off the bus. So we'll talk about some games that are going to mean something this week. We'll start with Parkland making the trip from Winston-Salem over to Dudley. Playoff implications all over this one. Yeah, uh, Dudley had a really tough loss last week at Mount Tabor. That's three years in a row they've dropped tight ones, tough ones to Mount Tabor. If Dudley wants to win the Piedmont Triad 3A Conference or get a share of it, they need to beat the Parkland Mustangs this week. This is a must-win at Tarpley Stadium for them. Even even with that, if they win the game, they're going to need some help from someone uh, beating Mount Tabor. Could be Parkland, could be Southwest Guilford. Southwest Guilford can still be a player in that conference. But this is a game that Dudley really needs. Uh, the, you know, It's the same questions we've had almost all season about the Panthers. They play good enough defense, certainly, to win most of the games that they've been in. But the offense has been inconsistent, erratic, can be explosive at times when they get the ball in the hands of Makai Wall. Michael Wyman, uh, Branson Adams, Marlon Darby. There's so many guys in that team. If they can get the ball in their hands in space, they can do all kinds of damage. It's been the inconsistency with getting them the ball in the right places. It's not turning the ball over. It's not shooting yourself in the foot with penalties on drives. That was a huge issue for Dudley in the tight loss to Mount Tabor last week. This is a game they need, and they've got to stop a very dangerous quarterback for Parkland, Kamian Shell. He's a guy who can beat you with his feet. He can beat you with his arm. He's just a really talented, dynamic, playmaking quarterback. You've seen him, Spencer. You know what he can do out there. Yeah, uh, for sure. At the same time, it, the these two teams that we're going to see in this ball game, uh, I would say, are probably the most inconsistent teams, as you've mentioned, that that exist in each of their counties. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to say that they're underperforming because I don't think that that's a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. However, I think that that both of these teams have the potential to win more games than they have this year, and I also think that their coaches. And the players would agree with, with us on that assessment, that these are two teams that have not won games that they should have yeah. so far this year. Yeah, and one of them is going to be coming out of this game in a difficult situation. If Dudley loses, it, it, it's going to be just about impossible for them to win or share the conference title. If Parkland loses, there's still some opportunities for them out there, depending on how things shake out. You could get more than more than two teams, three teams in a tie for first, and then you know they all get seeded as, as conference champions, but then it'll depend on what their adjusted max preps ranking is as to where they go in the playoffs, but a huge game certainly is uh, another good matchup southeast guilford and southern guilford uh the storm entering the top 10 for the first time in a few years yeah it's it's been a, a bit of a struggle to rebuild since uh daryl brown left to take over the grimsley program and then earl bates came in for one year he's now at northeast guilford and we're going to talk about the rams in a few minutes but uh he had a great run in his one year at southern guilford but it's been it's been a struggle a little bit since then coach jason bradley kind of has built it with kids that have been in his program for a while a prime example is the quarterback Mike 
Miles Crisp, uh, who's in his third year as a starter. You know, those are the kind of guys that have gotten used to that system, that, that know what it takes now to win in the mid-Piedmont 3A. And they're going up against the Southeast Guilford team that has really been on a roll, that, that just totally dominated Eastern Guilford last week. You know, they, they were a little inconsistent early in the year, the Falcons. I think they've kind of found their identity. They've, you know, they're not going to never throw the ball, but they're going to be a running team. That's what they are and who they are. Jalen Fairley, a very good running back. Darren McQuitty's had some big games in place of him, and they're going to play defense. That was a key to their run to the 3AA state championship game last year. They've got some talent back on that side of the ball. That's been a success for them. Shut out a, a, a good Eastern Guilford team last week. That that's To shut down that offense says something. It says that the Falcons are playing their best football of the season right now. This is going to be a tough one for Southern Guilford to win, but home field is going to help, and this is a game that, that's as big as Southern Guilford's had at uh, C.K. Siler Stadium in a number of years, probably going back to Earl Bates' year as their coach and Daryl Brown before him. So this is a game that should be very interesting. Southern Guilford needs a big game for Miles Crisp at quarterback. He's been uh, accounted for six touchdowns running, six passing. He's a guy who has limited turnovers. He's thrown one interception all year, no fumbles. He's got to play that kind of game, and he's going to have to let it hang out a little bit, take a few chances, and make some plays. So this should be a very interesting game also. Speaking of Earl Bates, Northeast Guilford, and Western Alamance, this game could have tremendous implications on a conference title run. Yeah, Mid-State 3A is what we're talking about with these two teams. Northeast Guilford had some injuries early in the year. That was their, their loss to Ragsdale early in the year. They did lose to Eastern Alamance. That's the game that, that keeps this from being even bigger for the Rams. Uh, Earl Bates uh, coaching those Northeast Guilford Rams and having built up that program again. If Northeast wins, then they will have an edge over Western Alamance in the conference. They would both be 4-1, and one, but Northeast would have the head-to-head tiebreaker. Then what Northeast would, win, would need to have happen is they would need Western Alamance to beat Eastern Alamance next week. That's a huge rivalry game. Western has been playing good football. Both of these teams want to run the football. Whoever can establish the run more consistently and maybe... Get, it, get the defenders up in the box and hit a long pass or two could win this game. One thing Northeast is going to definitely want to try to avoid is special teams issues. They gave up a couple of kickoff returns for touchdowns last week against Moorhead. They knew that they, they had to be aware of some of the things that Moorhead did on kick returns, reverses, and other things going into that game, and they didn't do it. But they still came away with a good, solid win. Other than that, they can't afford mistakes against uh, a Western Alamance team that is very good as always. Jeff Snuffer, the coach there, always has a strong program. And if it's a close game, Western Alamance has the best kicker in the state, one of the best high school kickers in the country, a young man named Josh Carty, who's committed to Stanford. Uh, he is a weapon anywhere from 60 yards in. All of his kickoffs generally go for touchbacks unless he's trying some kind of a pooch or onside by design. If it's a close game, got to give the edge to Western Alamance. But this is the biggest game uh, probably at uh, Bill Bookout State stadium at Northeast Guilford in a few years. That's for sure. And then uh, an exciting matchup that uh, we didn't think was going to have much meaning until the other day. Northwest Guilford at Ragsdale in the Metro 4A. Uh, the battle to secure at least second place is on, and Ragsdale still alive technically for a conference title. 
yeah, Ragsdale with a, with a big win last week over Page. Really put put Page's playoff chances pretty much. Uh, if if they're not done, they're close. The only chance Page really has is to beat High Point Central, which they should be able to do, and then they would have to beat Grimsley to close the regular season. I think to have any shot at the playoffs now. Uh, Ragsdale, on the other hand, is one and zero in the Metro 4A. If they can get this win over Northwest Guilford, they'd be two and zero. Have the win over Page, they would probably take care of High Point Central. Then their game against Grimsley has huge implications in the Metro 4A. I think I think we both would agree that that Grimsley is still clearly far and away the team to beat in the Metro 4A. But Grimsley Page, just about anything can happen. And and Ragsdale, after an off week, played a really good game and beat Page. So I think you can't count out the Tigers at this stage of the season. Uh, Coach Johnny Boykin's got them playing a little bit better. They've been talking about inconsistent. They've been on a real roller coaster this year, but 1-0 in the Metro 4A. The conference season's a whole new year for them, and this is a game that if they want to stay in that hunt, they need to win. If they lose to Northwest Guilford, then you can pretty much check check it off as Grimsley is going to be the conference champion regardless of what else happens. But uh, this is a game that Ragsdale needs to stay in contention for that second spot and maybe even a shot at Grimsley. Uh, they certainly do, and it's interesting because you and I have spoken to coaches around the area. Uh, if you mention that, oh, you know, Ragsdale's still alive, they'll all kind of scoff at you and, and just be like, yeah, but Grimsley's winning the conference title. This is a fight for second. But it is high school football. Things do happen. You're talking about 14 to 18 year olds that you're trying to get to perform on a weekly basis. Exactly. Yeah. And it. it God, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Joe. No, I mean, and Ragsdale's just been inconsistent, and they've played some really good games. That you know, Northeast Guilford being one of those. You know, was it wasn't a pretty game, but it was a game that they won. And they've had some really bad games. They had all kinds of special teams miscues on snaps for uh, punts and placements in a loss at Northern Guilford. You know, when they're on their game, that's not a bad team. And Northwest Guilford, you know, I'm not talking. I hadn't been talking about them. We've talked about it before. They're very young. You know, that that's a team that as those guys get experience, they're going to get better. It probably isn't going to pay off this year. Might not even pay off next year. They are that young. But they're capable of giving somebody a test. And if a team like a Ragsdale or someone else isn't ready to play against them, it can be very interesting. Yeah, Northwest Guilford trotting out, uh, what, two or three seniors that are actually playing consistently right now. This is a very young ball club for Kevin Wallace. Um, I, I know that they gave up a ton of points to Grimsley last week. However, it was not for lack of effort. Um, and they did put up the most points against Grimsley this season. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of teams have uh, have given up a lot of points to Grimsley this season. So that, that they're not alone in that. And, you know, they're, they're – Productive on offense, you know. Brandon Thomas at wide receiver, a big play guy. You know, he he's put up decent numbers this year, very good numbers, especially considering you know the youth around him. He's still a threat. He's a guy that Ragsdale's going to have to watch out for. But uh, this is, we're still looking at this game and being realistic and thinking this is part of the battle for second place. I mean, I just I still cannot see Grimsley losing even to Page, even at Marion Kirby Stadium. I just think this Grimsley team is clearly the best team in Guilford County this year. They have to go out and prove it, but uh, they've been doing that. Uh, they certainly have, and I think that the East Forsyth game was the was the game that, that you kind of saw what this team is capable of, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was the, probably their toughest test, and uh, for the final three quarters of that one, they showed up. Yeah. 
Yep, they dominated the final three quarters. They they were a little too uh, fired up, maybe a little too emotional in that first quarter, and right off the bat got got into a twenty-one nothing hole and pretty much dug their way out of it and and shut down for the final three quarters. A very good East Forsyth team. So, uh, yeah, we we could talk we could talk for a while about the Whirlies and how much they've accomplished, but there's still a lot out there for them. There's still some things to prove. They still have to go and win at Page. Uh, Joe, because they're on their off week, let's go ahead and just throw this out there. What should they be working on this week in their off week? What What is their glaring weakness that they need to tighten up if they're going to go ahead and secure this conference championship? Um, special teams, especially uh, placement kicks, they've had some issues. They had two blocked at Nightdale uh, in, a, in a win where it didn't really matter. The next week, they had one blocked by East Forsyth that turned out to be the difference in the game. You know, they've got to get better in that area. It's not a, it's not a uh, an issue with the mechanics of the snap or anything it's blocking it's especially uh you know manning up on guys on the edge and that's that's what East Forsyth saw in that game that's what they were able to take advantage of and get a block on that uh they've also uh you know they they pooch a lot of kickoffs because uh Jake Henry is isn't going to crush him out of the end zone so they they do that strategically a couple of teams I've seen this year that have been smart about it, that have scouted it, have managed to come up, catch that pooch kick, and get really good field position. I think special teams are a little bit of an issue still. Their punting game has been not as good as some teams in the year. I think they've got to shore that up. And they have to be able to get the ball downfield a little bit more often offensively, whether it's thrown to Lawson Albright, whether it's thrown to Jaquavian Mayo, whether it's thrown to uh, Christian Tutu. They've got guys that Chris Zellis can get the ball to. They just have to do it a little bit more consistently. When they can loosen up the defense just a little bit for the running of Zealous and Quan Nora, boy, that offense can really punish people. That'll do it for this edition of the HS Extra Pep Talk Podcast. For more content, visit us at hsextra.com, and we'll be back with you next week. Take care, everybody.